Good afternoon. I'm Jordan Peoples, and Marvel sucks. I'm Cade Weiberg. No, it doesn't, because I really, really like this movie. This is the third Spider-Man movie, and I'm really excited to hear your opinion, Jordan. I cannot wait uh, to hear what you have to say. I loved it. Very, very good. Uh, and I, the best MCU trilogy. I, I am just brimming with words to say about it. I, I yeah, we'll get to, to him in a second. In. We'll but, get into it in a second. But first, I have to address uh, one my absence on the last episode. Um, yes, we had a and also just Christmas episode, a loss I've experienced recently. So uh, there was family health concerns. I think is what you mentioned on the last episode, which I, actually, as the time we're recording this, hasn't been posted, but I'm about to post it. And they're obviously going to listen to them in chronological order, right? I would yes. hope so. Yes, God willing. Um, but during that time, the reason I missed the episode is because my girlfriend's father uh, had COVID. And ultimately passed away from it. So I was out doing other things. But I'm back to record this episode. Uh, me and Ellie got to see Spider-Man. He he would have been a big fan of it. Uh, yeah. he, he was a longtime Spider-Man and just general Marvel fan. His favorites were Spider-Man, the Hulk, and obviously this isn't Marvel, but Batman. Huge Batman yes. fan. Which we have discussed on this podcast before. Yes. And uh, I never met the man, but um, based on everything in social media, I could tell that he was just uh, very popular and he did love comic books from what you told me and what uh, Ellie posted about, um, which is always nice to have someone else advocating for you to watch Incredible Hulk. Uh, yes. So, now, um, his favorite MCU film. Is it really? Yes. Wow. That's... That's, I, mean, his favorite I think character. that movie's... I mean, he probably... I think that movie's... Prob- I think he liked, uh, like, Homecoming in the, the Spider-Man suit, but I think his favorite Spider-Man trilogy was the Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans. Okay, well, Over I mean, the, clearly we're going to dive right into that just because that is such a big yeah, well, part well, of and this he would have... and So, yeah, he would have really loved this movie because it kind of brought it all together. It um, really did. It's a love but, letter to Spider-Man fans of the past 20 years. Yeah, but anyway, the only call to action for this part is that if you are not vaccinated, go ahead and get vaccinated because he was vaccinated, but unfortunately he was immunosuppressed. So it really, uh, for people like him, it's it was down to the kindness of others to prevent him from getting this disease, and that has just not happened. So if you haven't been vaccinated, probably go ahead and do it. I like to think that the people listening to this podcast are probably already all vaccinated, but still. All 8 million fans. Yeah. Yes. I would hope so. But um, anyway, now we can go on to discuss Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah, let's dive right in. Uh, so give me your review. Obviously, you kind of already spoiled it. but Six stars. <laughs> six Avengers. This is, this is incredible. Six. Like, this was this is my number five MCU film. Uh, and I was kind of like, I, I, I'm, we're going to, we're going to do a dive. Uh, but like, the first half and like. Uh, I loved I loved all of it. I loved every second of it. Uh, but really, it didn't hit. It did not strike an emotional core with me, uh, like um, the tragedy with Aunt May in the middle, uh, and just the the end. It really the the thing that got me at the very end was when Peter Parker. Or maybe I shouldn't jump ahead to the very end. Maybe we should just break this uh, break this down section by section like we do with the movies. Uh, but. I loved it. Six Avengers. Uh, my Avengers at the table are Spider-Man, Doctor Strange. I'm going to put Ned there because he displayed a little magic during this. He um, did. 
Do you he think that's could... going to be a recurring plot point, or do you I think bet... that was? Okay. No, I think I think he's going to be a hero of some kind. Because it is interesting though, because he's the man behind the chair. Like that's so integral to his character's identity. It seems weird I... to move away from that. But if you think about it, Doctor Strange is very much of all the heroes on the Avengers. He he's is the support. man behind the chair. Yeah. Like, he is doing, like, even in the endgame fight, he's not fighting. He is creating walls so it, the battlefield does not get flooded. Like, he is the signature man behind the chair. Hmm. Um, so I think that's very good for Ned. A lot of people were speculating he was going to become the new goblin uh, and be, like, Spider-Man's enemy, which they did touch on, where he yeah. was, like, randomly, I promise I will never betray you and, like... Destroy. I'm very glad they did not do that. Yeah. Oh, Ned's so lo- lovable. Like, yeah. uh... It would be hard. Um, Though I am going to... This brings me to my first little nitpick with the movie. I can't imagine that there's any for this. Well, I I just think... So I'd actually rewatched both Spider-Man movies because they were on FX or something. Um, Wait, what do you mean? Oh, Homecoming and Far From Home? Yes. Okay, So I'd rewatched them, and I would say that I think both of those movies, the chemistry between the characters and the humor for the first half, yeah, was more successful in those than it was in the first half of this movie. I just thought they're, they're, the vibe between MJ, Ned, and Spider-Man mm-hmm. was just not hitting me as hard as it did in those. I just thought those were funnier. I will say, and this is jumping ahead, but this is going to be an abbreviated episode, so we're, it's going to be a little bit mishmashy. But we're going to be I jumping all over the place. The chemistry between the three Spider-Mans at the end, yeah, that was great. But I don't oh, think yeah. I don't think the early chemistry quite matched that chemistry. And I do think because I I don't know if I would call that a fault of the movie because I did notice it. But also like with the teachers who are side main side characters in the first two movies with JB Smooth very much sidelined here. Oh, so sidelined. They were literally like asked to come on set for one day. They each had a pretty funny one liner, one or two liners. Like Hannibal Burris is like. Anti, like he's pro Mysterio, he's yeah. like boo Spider Man, which is pretty funny. Um, and then JB Smoove and uh, Martin Starr are like pro Spider Man. I, I, it's I think that is a very entertaining bit. But even with Flash Thompson, also just all of the kids and Betty only has one line. Basically, everything you knew about the chemistry between the characters in those earlier films is kind of just put to the side in this one. To right. make room for the bigger things that are going to happen. And I wouldn't necessarily call that a fault. It is definitely noticeable that there's a lot of character chemistry changing. And I think it's also fitting for it to happen at this time because this is the whole arc of Spider-Man's trilogy uh, is him growing up and becoming like an adult hero because he's a kid this entire time. And he's like the only young Avenger at this point. Obviously, there will be more of those with Kate Bishop and whatnot. Um, but I... I think, so I don't know if I already mentioned, but this is my favorite MCU trilogy. Would you agree with that, Jordan? Uh, I think I probably would. And I'm trying also, to think I, of any that would be comparable. I mean, because Iron Man trilogy, you got Iron Man 2, so that's yeah. out. Yeah. Thor, Thor 1 and 2 are <laughs> like, I like Thor 2, obviously, yeah. more than basically anyone. But uh, <laughs> That's true, more than me, apparently. But even then, I, you, it's not a coherent trilogy, per se. Like, we know there's sure. a fourth one coming out. Yep. And I wouldn't say that the third one really wraps up the issues of the first one, 
or the second one? I think one? we did discuss that. I think we did land on that. It's kind of a pretty solid ending. It ends the that arc, but then he has the fourth movie coming out, so it doesn't seem. like on a, as It's much. kind of like it's both an ending and also like kind of a reboot of Thor a little bit. Like yes. it does not like a like a reboot reboot, but just like yeah. it, it's a reboot of the tone, I guess. Yes. Um, yeah. And then Captain America. That's a really strong set of movies. Yeah. But again, like Civil War didn't really feel like the conclusion to his story. Endgame oh, was the conclusion to his story. Yeah. Very so true. again, I don't think that could be your trilogy. So I think it's the only trilogy other than Iron Man that's a cohesive three piece work. Wrapped up. And then this one, all three movies are Better. enjoyable. Yeah. Whereas Iron Man two is not really that great comparatively. Yeah. But Oh my god, this... Again, like, the emotions of this movie did not really get to me until, like, the last 15 minutes where a lot of people are complaining about how Spider-Man in the MCU isn't the real Spider-Man. Spider-Man's poor and he's a scrapper and Tony Stark's paying for everything in this one. But the end of this movie, without spoiling too much... Well, obviously there's going to be spoilers, but uh, he's... Scrapper Spider-Man again. He has the apartment. He has the police radio. He's alone. Like I, this was the most excited I've ever been for a fourth movie in an MCU franchise. Maybe ever. Like yeah. this ended, and I was immediately ready for the next movie. Well, I told Ellie after it that it seemed like the director was given a job, and and so, several Marvel movies feel this way. Where it's like they have a plan for where they want the character to be after this movie. Yes. So you have yeah. to get them there. And so they started this movie. Everyone knows who Spider-Man is. And I feel like the job is at the end of this, no one can know who Spider-Man is. Yeah. And so and that was that was like the kind of what the plot accomplished in terms of the broader MCU. And it did that in a very interesting way. Yeah. But that seemed I, to be I, like the little subtask delegated to this director. Oh, man. I... Loved it. Oh, and there, I mean, there's, they've been doing the subtask thing forever because they're launching a universe. I think a very important note that, first of all, let, let's do it. Should we talk about our theater experiences? Just like the crowd, like the crowd reaction to certain things? Yes. So I wanna... was, I was in a packed theater. Yeah. Um, okay. And I was in, I was in Savannah, Georgia for it. Okay. And this was an old theater. It was like a 90s theater. And I will say that this is one of my, one of the, it was both a, a good thing and a bad thing because the crowd was like very into it. Like this yeah. was people were yelling stuff at the screen. People were having a great time, but yeah. the chairs were kind of awful and the audio oh. was was not theater level audio at all. Like uh. it it was like there were speakers at the front. It was not like like oh, that man. normal surround feeling that you get in a theater at all. It was That's just so like watching it on a giant screen. So and I for some of the movie I felt like the. And well, I will say the cinematography, I think, is a departure from the last two Spider-Mans. I think yes. this movie looked and felt different. Yes. Like in the, like some of the camera moves were unique I to mean, this. Like I anytime just, you're introducing Doctor Strange, like the his movies and just the, the things you have to do with living in his world, like with all the magic and the mirror dimension and you just can't film that in a normal way. Obviously, like you need to get a camera that can handle uh walking into the mirror dimension and filming. Um, right. That's very hard to build yes, a camera that for can do sure. that. But I, I was expecting kind of, as soon as like the movies, all of the old characters are kind of sidelined within the first 20 minutes of this movie. And I pretty much knew we were going to get like an Avengers movie. Also, Andrew and Toby were not confirmed. Like they kept it technically a secret, even though the internet was 
speculating this entire time and coming up with all these little breadcrumbs. Like, Marvel never crumbled and revealed that they were in the movie. Did you know going in, or were you, like, surprised? Like, uh, other than from what I told you. I, I which, knew... I, I, I kind of knew that they were supposed to be in there from some speculation. Like, I didn't seek anything out, but that's how pervasive these rumors were, is, like, even they got to me, probably through Ellie, because Ellie is a little bit in tune with that. And yeah. this is this is a tangent, because I'm about to talk for a second about the post credit scene. But okay. remember, at the end of WandaVision, they talked yeah. about that smear on... Yeah. Yep. And then it, and they're like, that's probably Doctor Strange flying in. And then yeah. sure enough, that's got to be yeah. what that was because Doctor yeah. Strange oh, is sure. seeing her in that. So that, like, the sleuths have been pretty on top of it as of yeah. late. But, but then you also get the people of the world who are like, Ralph Boner is X-Men Quicksilver. And then yeah. we get Ralph Boner. So I think that the studios are also at this point like, let's just try and make fake threads for them to follow because the internet is too it's too much of a force to hand like imagine being truly surprised that andrew and toby were in it and like i went in i still did not know for certain which no. was good yeah, neither and, did I. I i didn't see it confirmed i just had heard yeah that it was speculated and rumored yeah it highly speculated like i right. was so sure like i even made a bet with my coworker. i watched it uh, midnight on Wednesday. So, and the, this was the biggest like staff turnout I had seen. Everyone showed up for this movie. Uh, whereas for Black Widow, it was just me and one other person. Yeah. Uh, and then each one is kind of picked up a little more momentum. So Shang Chi was like four or five, and then Eternals were like seven or eight. This was like the entire staff was there. I was talking to my dad about MCU stuff on the drive home yeah. from my exam. Uh huh. Um, and because he hasn't really seen much of it he might have seen a movie here or there um but i had not thought about black widow but if i was to be like recommending my dad a crash course in the mcu black widow would surely not be a part of it because that movie has no impact on anything really yeah very much shoehorned in and it is almost a shame that that podcast gets two hours and we have to speak quickly about spider-man no way home well well i'm sure we'll address this in bits and pieces as we go through other episodes but for sure well and also black widow honestly that movie was enhanced if nothing else by the fact that i had not watched a marvel movie for 18 months yes like no fresh content if that had immediately followed endgame that would have been the biggest slap in the face like for any franchise but you know we had we got the wait for it and uh though it didn't really stick the landing like the other ones uh this year in my opinion uh i think it is still solid and um but anyway spider-man yeah uh, back to spider-man back to spider-man um so this it also i so the first time i watched it with uh 20 people who were all very into it which was cool but then i watched it in a full theater on friday night and I invited, like, a whole bunch of my friends. I was going to get them into Spider-Man. And, like, I ended up inviting, like, five to seven people. And through, like, just crazy life events, only one showed up. Like, a whole bunch of people just, like, one person got the vaccine booster uh, and got sidelined. Right. Um, and uh, other people had a uh, thing come up. So it was just me and friend of the show, Kyle Johnson. Um, and I, he was like, what time are we going to see Spider-Man? And I was like, well, this one sold out. We had a showing, like one hour every every hour of the day so we had like 14 showings of spider-man 
And I was like, and he was in town all day. He was sh- uh, doing a film shoot at UVA. Uh, and I was like, well, uh, come to this one. It's, and then, oh, wait, nope, this one sold out last minute. And then every hour, like, oh, come to this one. Oop, nope, this one sold out. Uh, so that was the theme of the day. And then finally, like, the last, the third to last showing uh, was sold out except for two seats uh, in the very back. So we got, like, the back corner, which are not the best seats audio-wise, but still, the theaters are pretty good. So mm-hmm. it was, and they're pretty modern. Like, it's a brand new theater. Uh, I will say, um, me and Ellie were dead center of the theater. That's nice. Because they, they had two different lines for mm-hmm. people waiting to get in. And they okay. let us in th- first, and we were at the front of this other line, even though those other people have been waiting longer. Oh, God. So, Could you imagine? Yeah. But, I mean, we <laughs> were, it was literally just like us and like two other people. So that other line essentially got their pick of the seats, except for yeah. me and Ellie, who were sitting in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, hey, that's, uh, I mean, that's a great experience for you. Yeah. Everyone else be damned. Um. And you are, you know, head honcho of this very acclaimed Marvel podcast. So if they knew that, I feel like they would have given you preference. I, I think treatment. the guy who worked at the theater probably recognized me. He was embarrassed oh, to sure. say anything, but he's like, I'll give him this little nudge so, for so sure. he can be this dead is, center of the theater. He's going to he's gonna be big one day. He'll name uh, this Savannah Theater as one of his top ten viewing experiences and we'll be back on the map. Yeah, and they won't be because that it was an AMC and it was garbage. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> uh, this uh, back to the threads that Marvel kind of throws uh, toward other projects. Like they'll just do one sentences. I don't know if you sneezed right there, but bless you if you did. I, I did sneeze. Let's. I'll, I'll try to remember to edit that out. This no, is I not think that's be a, a heavily edited. <laughs> I one. think I think you know, it's uh, showing you're you're human after all, and not just this robot who dislikes Marvel movies. Some of them, um, but uh, a fun little thread at this uh, at the beginning of this movie is Tony Stark's technology is now in the hands of the government. It gets seized and I think that's going to be the jump off jumping off point for Armor Wars, the Don Cheadle Disney Plus show. Ah, um, The premise of that is what happens when Tony Stark's gear ends up in the wrong hands. The, the whole time. <laughs> yes, ex- the, the wrong hands. Um, but and also, I believe we have not mentioned yet, but Murdoch. we did receive a cameo yeah. from my favorite lawyer. Uh, Jordan's not a lawyer yet, so Charlie Cox, Daredevil, is still my favorite lawyer. Wait, what's his name? The character? Matt Murdock. Okay, so I, I said Murdock a second ago, and then I started to doubt myself whether that was his actual name. Oh, no, that's correct. See, you are. You're, I think you might like the Daredevil show more after he is introduced into the MCU, and also you become a lawyer. Hmm. Uh, did your theater like erupt at that moment? Did you know who it was? Did you recognize him immediately? Or oh, oh yeah, I knew who he was. Um, okay. I mean, he's, How- he, he was, he looked blind cause he had little glasses <laughs> on. So I assumed, and, and, and I knew it, it, he was also speculated to be in it from, I think I yes. just heard that from you. So yes, as soon as they me. were talking to a lawyer, I was just like, okay, that's, that's Daredevil. And then and he that did was the also- catch thing. And I, some people yeah. reacted to that. They did not react when they first saw him. But I don't think oh. no one seemed that hyped about him. I don't know about your that's, theater. That's insane to me because honestly, that got the biggest gasp, like the biggest cheer. And it was very early on in the movie, and we had been waiting for this, so we were, everyone in my first screening was like very excited to watch it. And it's yeah. all theater employees, so we're all super nerds. 
But that got the biggest cheer, and then when Toby and Andrew got on, like, it was just almost expected. I mean, everyone was very excited, don't yeah. get me wrong. No, my Murdoch, theater lost their minds, even though I'm also sure that they knew it. Like, yeah. that was just, like, like, I don't know, like, you could see everyone, like, lunge forward in their chairs, like, oh, the other Spider-Man! Yeah. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> it, it was, because, so the second time I watched it with Kyle in a full theater, it was mostly children under 18 which this movie over the course of the weekend i will say like it is saving the theater box office single-handedly it's going to make it's going to be the first post-covid billion dollar movie like no doubt yeah uh every day this week weekend like we did three times our average sales like it was insane Hmm. Uh, which is very good for my industry. I'm very happy about this movie, and also that it's just Marvel is doing it. And uh, are people in your theaters wearing masks? Yeah, Charlottesville is very much like that. That scene. Yeah, um, it was. It was like fifty fifty in the theater we were at. Yeah. No, everyone is. Uh, everyone in this town is more. More. I, not everyone, obviously, but like I'm. 98% like come in wearing masks and then some people I mean obviously they take them off when they're eating or drinking or whatever mm-hmm. um, but it does feel like a much safer experience than some other theaters uh, but um, the full audience and mostly children uh, did not really pick up on Matt Murdock they're like I don't know who that is and then he yeah he caught the brick and people were like oh that's that's cool I wonder he must be a big player in the future but I <laughs> or guess, maybe they're like, just like the- he's a fancy lawyer <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's why I you pay like him the line. big bucks. I, I did really like the line, I'm a really good lawyer. Yeah. Like, though he was not in the movie for very long, I very much enjoyed everything he was, everything he did. Um, and also, he tells Happy, like, you need a lawyer. You're going to need a lawyer, which is also, like, setting up conflict for a future MCU franchise. Mm-hmm. Presumably Armor Wars. Um, and also, my crowd, like, the big crowd... I was just the whole time, like, if they don't know who Daredevil is, and that was five years ago, how are they going to know who Toby or Andrew is? Like, why even, especially Andrew, like, because he was such a short-lived Spider-Man. Well, and I mentioned, so I thought this after watching, they they played the fact that he is the least favorite Spider-Man oh, pretty man. well. And like they it, killed it. Yeah. They killed it. It was so, did you... Do you think you appreciated this movie as much as you would have if you had sat through those other two, the the Amazing Spider-Man? I might have appreciated it more, but I don't think I'd appreciate it as much as I'd rather have those five hours that it would take for me to watch both. <laughs> that's that's fair, and those are definitely like the weakest of the uh, franchise for sure. Um, but yeah, no, I I, I love the whole self aware attitude of it, like just the whole he is like. He's sad too. Like he's just kind of like I'm a loser, and Toby's like you're not a loser. You're a great man. Yeah. Kind of deal. Um, no. And also, Toby managed uh, to pull off like this kind of um, Spider-Man patriarch figure. Yeah, which he is arguably. Yeah. Like, uh, which I think was very well. And I loved Andrew's joke about like, are you going to be dressed as a youth pastor or are you going to suit up? Yeah. Um, that was very funny. Just it's, oh, and also the second time around, I watched it. Uh, I after I watched it the first time and knew that they were in it, I like started thinking about everything I had read and all the people who were right and wrong. Uh, and Tom Holland, like six months ago in an interview, said like I have no idea if they're in it. Uh, which he has been known to fit or to spill the beans about some Marvel properties, right? Um, 
So I was like, I wonder how much of that they filmed without having them in the same room. And really, the only time... And you you also have to think about filming those two characters so high profile. They are so heavily speculated to be in this movie. And then they show up. Like, everyone was kind of like... That seemed like an anticlimactic arrival for the two. To just show up in Ned's grandma's yeah. uh, dining room. Which I really loved. Yeah. Um, that whole sequence I thought was great. But also to think, like, to all those people complaining out there, like, you idiots, like, this is your fault that they have to show up in secret in a house, and that is how they make their debut. They can't come swinging from a skyscraper. Yeah. That's gonna that's gonna break the internet. Um, so I really loved their debut, but I looked the second time, I paid attention, and almost all of... Unless there was some sort of mirror trick or whatever, the only thing I can't piece together was when they're doing the science experiments, the three of them. But they could have filmed that last. The what? They could have filmed that last. No, yeah, for sure. Like a very last minute. But like when they're on the Statue of Liberty, when they're talking to each other and doing all the dialogue, Toby and Andrew are talking to each other. But Tom Holland is like on this perch above them. And he is filmed separately. Like you can tell the cuts. He's like framed above them but he's not in the exact same shot as them right and then when they show up like obviously uh he had to talk to them when they actually no because also when they greet him on top of the school when he's mourning the death of aunt may they show up and they're yeah yeah, they're perched and he's just having a dialogue with whoever kevin feige says he's having a dialogue with he might not have even known then so I think that also another testament to how good this movie was is they kept Tom Holland in the dark for most of it, like whether or not these people would be in it, and they filmed around it. God, think of how much of a chore it is to make these movies now with all the heavy spoilers and the internet. I think I would, I would, I don't know. I probably wouldn't care that much because I've read um, something to the effect that people say they don't like getting spoiled, but if you... If they are spoiled, they tend to like things even more. Like what? Give me an example. Well, it's just like if you go into a movie knowing what's going to happen, a lot of times people enjoy it even more than they would have if they didn't go in knowing it. I, I, I see. If I went in completely blind, not knowing Toby and Andrew were in this, it would this be would insanely be like hype. S- but at the same yeah. time, you went through the entire movie with the kind of anticipation that even if it was slow right now, eventually it yeah. was going to pay off because these two people were probably <laughs> going to be in it. Yeah. Um, so that, like that, it, it kind of, I think having a spoiler lets you get through some of the parts that you don't like about a movie. Like I, I noticed that especially when rewatching the second Spider-Man. Okay. Because I think my review of that is, was a little tepid. Like it was good, but it wasn't as good as the first one. Yeah. The middle 45 of that movie is just a slog for me. But, but rewatching it, like I just mm-hmm. felt like I didn't need to pay as much attention. So I just didn't. And I enjoyed the movie overall more. Oh, are you talking about... I thought you were talking about Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. No, 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 I, You're no. talking about Far From Home. Far From Home. Okay. Yes. No, that movie is perfect throughout listeners <laughs> at home. But that one, I, I enjoyed it more on rewatch because the yeah. parts... I know which parts I like and which parts I don't like. And so you get to appreciate the good parts. But you yes. don't feel the pain of having to like the bad parts and as much. For sure. I do agree that I rewatched that and knowing... Like, all the fun Mysterio stuff was at the very end of the movie or the last 45 minutes. 
that does make that enjoyable. But for for me, my prime example would be like imagine if you went into Endgame knowing Cap would wield Milner. Like, what would that have done to you? Like, if you didn't experience that fresh for the first time. No, that I mean that was hype. But again, like I am always the least hype person in a theater. I know, and you were hyped for that. So just imagine. Yeah. Imagine like what that would have done, and also like Thor entering Wakanda. Like, I think those are my two of my biggest like holy shit audience movie and we're all like clapping and everyone's cheering and this is amazing yeah um and then this i mean i i we did get some gasps but also like my theater was almost and it could have been my acoustics too i was in the back corner so i might not have heard it as if i was at the center um i know people did cheer for toby and andrew but i guess i expected a bigger reaction um my my crowd had a huge reaction to when they're all on the uh, Statue of Liberty, and they have that mm. three-person like pose when they the fight. Oh yeah, and they're begins. pointing. Yep, yep, they're pointing like, at each other. People were very hyped for that, and then it cut to where they like they're jumping through the air, and each yeah. one of them's oh. going to a different villain. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, that was it's so much fun nostalgia from this movie. Just twenty years worth of Spider-Man content. Um. I guess we haven't broken it down really piece by piece, but I'll try and hit the hit the highlights. Um, he does go to Doctor Strange, which we have not discussed how big a role Doctor Strange is in this one. Like he's marketed to kind of be an Iron Man in Homecoming or a Sam, uh, Nick Fury in Far From Home, but I would say he has a much bigger role than both of them in this movie. Yeah, and I thought I don't know, I was his performance. I expected it to be a little bit. Like, I don't know. Like, I just didn't feel that much for his character. Like, I, I thought mean, I thought his character felt pretty good in the original Doctor Strange and in uh, Infinity War. Yeah. But in this one, I don't know. It just kind of felt like a little, I don't know. I'd probably have to rewatch those, but it just didn't feel like his character. I was like, who is this character? What makes him tick? Like, he just, he was riffing hmm. with Spider-Man, but I don't know. He's just... I just thought the performance wasn't as good as it had been previously. I I thought he was kind of just being Doctor Strange. like, And it's kind of crazy. He's maybe the only character that is like, uh, has like a prominent role. Um, and do you hear that audio? Anyway, we can resume. Um, so my biggest critique, or not even a critique, uh, my rebuttal to the Doctor Strange thing is he's one of these characters who had one solo movie and now has been in like three ensemble movies before we get a sequel to his first solo movie, mm-hmm. which I think that's so honest. Like, I just even though he, I would say he's this massive character the thi- uh, go ahead yeah i was just gonna say the comparison that i would make i guess is to his role in ragnarok is that, okay. that where lt L- appeared yeah i just so thought he's been in four and he, he's been in four movies and that was a pretty quick performance but i liked yeah. his performance there better than here okay and i guess i, I mean i haven't rewatched it and like analyzed it or anything mm-hmm. but for some reason he felt more like his character there than he did here 
Yeah, I don't know him. I mean, that is the Sanctum Sanctorum. That was filmed right at the same time as Doctor Strange was. It did feel more authentic. But yeah, I also have to think that Doctor Strange has been through a lot. He lost the title of Sorcerer Supreme. Like, I like that he's kind of just wearing a hoodie and he seems more chill. Yeah, no, that's um, definitely they were trying to make him more just like a dude who's like a little bit getting his life back oh, together after yeah. saving the world. Which I like. Um, yeah. I definitely like that arc for him. Uh, but I I think also because it sets up um, Multiverse of Madness, and I think this did a really good job of introducing the multiverse that Loki has also kind of introduced. But like clearly all of this stuff is starting to <laughs> come to fruition. Like there's about to be a huge multiverse uh thing to deal threat to deal with like after or during this movie and i assume you stuck around for the post credits and saw the teaser for multiverse of madness yeah yeah which was pretty hype to see a full trailer at the end of a movie i i i don't know i kind of like it when it's an original piece because i feel like that teaser you're just going to see everywhere now i like it when it's a unique piece of film that only exists in the credits of the movie yeah, I would imagine that they needed two post-credit scenes and they only had the one. like yeah. There, that's all they had to work with cuz they just did 6 weeks worth of reshoots to theoretically like introduce a whole bunch of cameos um and all this other stuff. I guess they were waiting for Spider-Man to come out first like with all the COVID delays and everything. Um like to see what they could spoil in Doctor Strange versus what they could spoil in No Way Home and stuff right. like that. It's a huge balancing act. So they did six weeks of reshoots. Also, apparently, Deadpool is going to make his debut in Doctor Strange 2. Hmm. Um, as well as some X-Men characters and some Spider-Man characters uh, are also going to show up. So it's going to be a fun, like, Super Smash Bros. style movie. Even though they're still marketing it as MCU's first horror movie, which I am excited for as a premise, but... Uh, it. It seems like there's too much fun happening in that movie to call it a horror movie. To me, but, I'm, yeah. I'm in a place where I'm just like, I'll believe it when I see it. If they pull yeah. that off, great, but I don't I don't know if MCU can do a horror movie. I mean, Kevin Feige, is, uh, it's one Sam Raimi's directing, who's pretty good at doing horror movies. And Kevin Feige says it's kind of like an 80s, like a Jaws or a Poltergeist, where you could argue that the... I mean, Poltergeist more so, because it's paranormal stuff. But it's still, like, something like Stranger Things. Like, it's still a fun adventure kind right. of deal. Even though there are horror elements, it's not quite a specific, like, 100% horror. Yeah, I guess, like, I, I don't know. That's almost like, uh, it is definitely horror. I'm not going to contend that it isn't. But to my mind, that's yeah. almost more like like some sort of urban fantasy type movie. Like, that's, like Stranger Things does have horror moments, for sure. But, like, the yeah. third season is almost more just like like magical realism. Like it's the world plus these kind of fantastical elements. Yeah, for sure. Um, um, what did you think of, well, Dr. Octopus, Alfred Molina makes his debut in the MCU. So what did you think of that? Like initial scene where he shows up, even though it had been in the marketing material and all that. Well, he was one of my favorites because I had uh, Spider-Man two for the PSP. Oh, the, the as movie. you mentioned several times on the yeah, podcast. So I was but... a huge fan of, of, that character just is yeah. because when you only have the movies that you have on a disc, you watch them a lot on car <laughs> over and yeah. over again, especially on those long family car rides. Yep. So, um, 
I, so so you were a fan of him showing up. What? Who do you think was your best, your favorite villain to come back? Would it be Alfred Molina? Yeah, because even even though the Green Goblin is kind of like the the lead, the main yeah, the lead villain. I, I didn't like. Yeah. I mean, I he was cool, but he wasn't as cool as Alfred Molina. I me. oh man, I Willem Dafoe like killed it in this movie. I think yeah, like he. Especially like in that hallway sequence when Spider Spider Man is punching him in the face repeatedly, mm-hmm. and he's just laughing maniacally over and over again. Um, I, I yeah, he he stole the show for me. Um, I also like Spider Man's new suit, like the black suit with the little magic thing. You could totally tell like Feige or marketing was like, we need to get a new action figure. Give him a black suit. Absolutely, John, yeah. John Watts is like, okay, he gets green stuff thrown on and it gets dark in the washing machine. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's how we'll make this work. <laughs> and it works. Like, it totally... But I liked the suit that he only wore for a brief t- uh, part of the film. He gets to, you know, sell... And also, that gets people talking. Like, he's wearing the black suit, so everyone's like, he's gonna be part Venom! And then all the super fans who are smart, like myself, are gonna be like, oh no, please, child, please. Like, you don't know what you're talking all about. Alright, well, I think I'm gonna give my review. I'm gonna go ahead and... Unless there's any Hold really on. big moments that we've neglected yeah, I do, to I do mention. Want, I do want to touch on like two more key points. Uh, all right, so your your villain was Alfred Molina, was your go-to, um, and I guess post credits. We we didn't talk about Venom showing up in the post credits. Oh, post credits, and then I want to talk emotional resonance with this movie, uh, just because I felt after Endgame like that was. Uh, anyway, just, let's let's start talking about Venom. Uh, you saw the Venom post credits, like yes. Which also, Venom. I will just say that Ellie's dad would have loved because he's a big Venom fan. Okay, he, he loved the Sony Venom movies. Uh, that's the only reason I watched any of them is because he wanted me to see him. I hey, man after my own heart, getting you into Marvel. Um, and I I thought you know those movies were okay, and but I thought this was an interesting way to both include them without being like he is in this movie now. It's like well we'll oh, yeah. we'll use the little Venom. Just he's a little like he just kind of bumps in to the MCU yeah. without integrating I into that. it. Because because I don't want Sony interfering with the MCU story. Like their movies are fine. I'm gonna watch Morbius and all that stuff. Even though Venom, you know. Obviously, is not compared to the MCU. It's. I will say, I felt like this movie movie. in general had more Sony fingerprints on it than any other MCU movie. Like obviously, because you have all those characters, but even almost like it's almost like twenty years worth. It's almost like a little bit of their tone seeped in with those characters. Like it wasn't quite the light, bouncy MCU movie. Like some of that Sony, I don't even know what I'd call it, but just like less funness (laughs) was there. Sure. That's fair. Um, I I guess it was a little gritty and dark, but also like there's a lot of stuff that like Spider Man needs to become an adult, right? And at the end of this movie, and he's kind of referred to as a kid the entire trilogy, even by Doctor Strange at the beginning of this movie. But by the end of it, like he has just kind of figured it out um, that he is an adult. Like he figured out what sacrifice means, and honestly, like. The emotional resonance for me, like, is Endgame is peak. I will watch Endgame once a year and cry every time, all of my tears. Like, it, every time. No question, no matter what mood I'm in. Uh, and then this, like, I really did love the 
I mean, it's kind of like the butterfly effect. He's like, my friends are better off knowing that I don't exist. Like, they got into MIT. Um, MJ and Ned get into MIT at the end. And Spider-Man goes on to become poor scrapper Spider-Man who lives in an apartment. Uh, nobody knows his identity again. And I really loved just kind of that sad bastard ending where uh, he says goodbye to MJ and then they say, I love you for the first time. And she's like, no, tell me you love me when you see me. And then also thinking about like, that's such a good young, young and in love kind of thing. Like if he told you he loves you and he's a stranger, you're not going to like that. No. <laughs> but I think that's just a sweet kind of uh, childhood or child uh, infatuation kind of thing, which I thought was a really nice touch. And their whole goodbye sequence um, and the Spider-Man fighting on the Statue of Liberty with the Captain America shield. Uh, I just really, the last 45 minutes of this movie is truly astonishing. Um, and I loved where they set it up for the future of Spider-Man. Right. And, I, and where the franchise goes. I would generally agree with all of that. I think the okay. only reason I'm not giving this... So I think what I'm going to give this... Mm-hmm is either a four and a half or a five. And I think the, Interesting, I think, really? I think the ending is excellent, but I, I, okay. I thought the, the first half I thought was a little slow, which I, I would just okay. say, like I checked my watch an hour in just to be like, really? how far into this am I? Cause I knew it was two and a half really? hours. Yeah. Um, but to be fair, I'd also taken an exam that morning, then driven four hours. So I was a little tired, yeah. but even sure. then I, I was just like, how long is this movie going to be? Um, which yeah. I would say is not a great sign for any movie. Like I should just be like plugged in and going. The, in, the entire time I kept thinking to myself, like, I hope there's three more hours left to this movie. Like the entire, t- like an hour in, I was like, oh good, there's still time left. Like Toby and Andrew haven't showed up, so there's big stuff still going to happen. Yeah, I would say that was about the turning point is when okay. they showed up. From then on, I think it's pretty rock solid. But prior to that, I thought it was a slight mixed bag. And I just like, again, I think part of my problem is that I loved the tone they had established. And so, you know, and you can make the argument that, yes, this is like it's part of him growing up that the tone can't stay that lighthearted. But at the same time, like, I just like that tone. So if you get rid of it, I'm going to like it less. And that's just kind of how it is. Um, so even though the end was successful, I did, I did think the beginning was missing the classic Tom Holland, Spider-Man feel to it. And I thought that was a little bit of a loss, which is kind of your stance on far from home. Like it started out a little slow for you and then you were very into it at the end. And I think you also gave that movie a similar rating. Yeah. And I don't, I don't have those ratings in front of me. I do. Fortunately. All right. Well, you tell me what I gave far from home and then I'll tell you what I give this. You gave Far From Home, uh, this is the 10-8 remake. Right. Um, you gave Far From Home, <clears throat> uh, drum roll please, uh, four and a half. And then you gave Homecoming five and a half. I'm going to give this a five thing because I do think it's better in terms of just like action and character development and those kind of things. I think it wins. I think... Far From Home was a little bit more fun, but this I'll give a five. It is more fun, but they are, again, like graduating. So are, do you think you're less excited for the... They're going to do a college trilogy next where he is college Spider-Man. Like, are you going to be less into that than you were high school Spider-Man where he's a kid and it's juvenile? It really depends because it, it's just like... 
if, if this is the tone going forward, probably not. But I feel like this tone is only because this is the third one. Like, this is like the tone of a chapter closer. I think when he gets to college, it'll get a little bit more fun again. Well, I mean, John Watts is doing Fantastic Four, so he's he's done. They're going to get a new director for a new trilogy. Like, just j- going in blind, do you think you will like the next trilogy as much as this one? So my average for the trilogy is five out of six. That's pretty, yes. pretty high. That is. Um, I would like to see them repeat that. I mean, that'd be great. I, I think the first yeah. one might be the best one, though, again. Because, again, I think at the beginning of a trilogy you're it's all opening doors it's all just like there's possibilities it's like you can go anywhere with it like i think that's the reason that people tolerated the uh seventh episode seven of star wars being so such a rehash because they're like but look at all the possibilities that are set out like it could be very good even though this one's a little bland and then of course none of those things ended up paying off which i think now makes the seventh (laughs) one a lot like who wants to go watch that knowing how it all ends up (laughs) It's true. Um, it is a weaker film. But anyway, I think that the fourth one will have a little bit of that first like, movie uh, in a trilogy just, energy. Hmm. I do think Homecoming, for me, was a slam dunk. And I rewatched both of them. After watching this one, uh, some friends came over and wanted to... They had not seen Far From Home. So I rewatched that one. Um, and then I rewatched the... I rethought about Homecoming, which I had seen. I have seen more recently, but Homecoming is so good just because of the Iron Man of it all and how he's like Spider Man just wants to be uh, an adventure, and Iron Man's like, no, you're just a kid. And I think their relationship is so strong in that movie. It's that's another thing so, that you kind of miss in this movie. I, yeah, I mean, he doesn't have. It's really like a Tony Stark kind of themed trilogy up until this one this has almost no mention of tony yeah which is also i guess a sign of growing up because he's gotta become his own hero do it on his own which i think to get to where they did at the end of this i am truly blown away that they were able to execute it like looking at that spider-man in homecoming and seeing where he is now I would have never believed that he could have got here based on every like how ingrained he was in Tony Stark's story and everything. But he got here on his own, and I I think this all the more reason that this movie is a slam dunk for me. All right, my five people at the table table are yes. Peter Parker, Peter okay. Parker, Peter Parker, <laughs> and uh, Ned. Uh huh. And Mysterio, Mysterio wizard. lives forever in our hearts. <laughs> I did love that moment where they're all, uh, where Ned's like Peter. We're all named Peter, and then they just yeah. kept building off that. That was very funny. Um, my other three at the table. Uh, I started saying my six, and then uh, I was interrupted. <gasps> by, I know this is ne- that's never happened before. <laughs> Crosstalk um, on this podcast. <laughs> it seems unlikely. Uh, I'll put, uh, I mean, Alfred Molina was kind of, he was a hero. Yeah. He's kind of a hero at the end, which I think is very fitting to his arc because he is very much a good guy who gets controlled by robot claws. And that, that's like a a kind of story we can all relate to a little bit. Oh, Oh yeah. No, everyone goes through that some point in their life. Um, I would also put, I'm going to put Tony Stark, the OG, He's got to go there. He's he's watching down uh, 
or watching on Spider-Man with his uh, Stark drones and whatnot, uh, watching him do such a good job. Um, and then I will put uh, Doctor Strange there. Because, wait, did I already say Doctor Strange? Who knows? I think I did. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I mean, this is the most important part of the episode. I feel like this is why uh, everyone just... always tunes out. <laughs> I know. They, they're always like, hashtag, who's at the table? <laughs> um, let's just put uh, uh, War Machine there, because I'm stoked for Armor Wars, and I think this set it up very subtly, but very in a very fun way. Um, so I guess that wraps it up. We'll be shooting you a Hawkeye episode. Uh with at some point some point in the near future um and and, uh then we have a big uh hundredth episode spectacular coming out as well as the annual return of the marvel sucks versus no it doesies so a lot of really stellar content coming out um but until then uh jordan any any final parting words i had this one thought um marvel sucks (laughs) and i've been jordan peoples Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I've been Cade Weiberg. No, it doesn't.